Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Ephesians chapter 5, let's read this full paragraph and then we'll get into the main topic today. Ephesians 5 verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest or reveals is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I want to look specifically at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Of course, this passage in chapter 5 of Ephesians, uh, it's written to the whole body of Christ. Uh, The first people to hear it and read it would be the believers in the church of Ephesus in the days that Paul was ministering on the earth. They're living in Ephesus, which is the third largest city of the Roman Empire of that day and age. There's probably a quarter million people in their city. It's a huge city. It's on the coast. There's ports. There's much trade. There's commerce. There's a whole lot of religion, witchcraft, cults, demonic worship. And then you have this growing, thriving church of Ephesus that most commentators believe was probably 10, 15,000 people strong which is a huge church. You know, sometimes we watch Christian produce movies and TVs and, you know, because there's on budgets and whatnot, it may look like there's maybe 12 people there or 42 people there. But this church is a thriving church. It's a growing church. But it's a church that is surrounded by uncleanliness, ungodliness, wickedness. It's surrounded by cults. It's surrounded by deception. It's surrounded by opportunities to indulge in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind, the the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. There's plenty of opportunities to live in such a way that is not pleasing unto God, that grieves the Holy Spirit. If you missed that one, check the link tree on TikTok. Go back on Facebook, YouTube, X. You can see a few weeks ago we did an entire teaching, Don't Grieve the Holy Spirit. And so there's plenty of opportunity to do that. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is he's telling us to live in the light of the Lord. And really it's not the Apostle Paul. It's the Holy Spirit moving on the Apostle Paul. Verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now the first thing I want you to see and I want you to take notice is this. The language that's used in verse 8. For you were once darkness. It's not that you were dark or you were in darkness, rather. It's not that we were in darkness. I was in darkness, but now I am in the light of the Lord. 
No, that, that's not what it's saying. It says specifically there, and, and if you got your Bible, go grab your Bible if you don't, and look at it for yourself. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, not in darkness. The nature that we lived was dark. The nature that we had, according to Ephesians 2, 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, verse 3 of Ephesians 2, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. See, when a person's dead in sin, they, their nature is dark. You know, we saw that in Ephesians 4 a few weeks back, verse 17, 18, 19. Specifically, 18 says their understanding is darkened. When you were dead in sin, when we were dead in sin, our understanding was darkened. We were alienated from the life of God, blind in our hearts, past feeling, past remorse, past a place of feeling and understanding. But now we have been saved. We've been made brand new. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. We're filled with the Spirit of God. His, we're partakers, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. We're partakers of the divine nature. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. By which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we're partaking this divine nature. The nature of God is in us because we are a new creation. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Powerful, powerful, powerful revelation, understanding of what takes place when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we've been made new and we have a new nature. Verse 8 for, of Ephesians 5, For you were once darkness. I was darkness. Therefore, I lived in darkness. Darkness was not something that you did or lived in, but rather it's the very nature that we had. But not anymore. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We were once darkness, but now we're light in the Lord. The change in position that you and I have, when we put our faith in Jesus, we have a change in position. We go from being dark to light. And because our nature changes, then also our walk changes. Our nature changes, therefore our walk changes. It's, you know, it's very simple, really. It's very logical. It's very easy to understand. But when your heart's changed, then your actions change. Your words change. Your thoughts change. When your nature changes, who you are, when your spirit comes alive in Christ Jesus, that's going to change the way you live. That's how you and I can become witnesses. Everywhere that we go, we can witness the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can tell somebody about the saving knowledge of Jesus because we've now experienced it ourselves. We're living it out. His nature has become our nature. His life is our life. The reason we can have eternal life is because the life of God now dwells in us, making us alive unto Him. We were dead in sins, but now we're made alive unto God. Ephesians 2 tells us that as well. God who was rich in mercy, He showed forth His love toward us. 
that while we were yet dead in sin, Romans 5, 8, Christ died for us. That's how God demonstrated his love towards us. And so I just think it's so interesting how powerful that language is in verse 8. We were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. So walk in the light. Walk as children in the light. I want you to type this in the comments. Type this in the comments. I am a child of light. I am a child of light. I am a child of light. You and I have been made a child of light. Now, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 9 with this idea. We've been made children of light. Isaiah 9. How, how can we say that? How can we understand that? How can we know that to be true? Well, there's many places we can go to in Scripture and see this truth. But Isaiah verse 9, or Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. If you, can, if you continue to read in Isaiah chapter 9, you'll hit verse 6 and 7, which is a verse that we read a whole lot in Christmas, around Christmas time, right? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. But a few verses before that, <clears throat> in verse 2 is where I want us to read. Isaiah 9, verse 2. Listen to this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. I'm going to read that again. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now this, of course, is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ because if you continue to read verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Of course, that child being born is a child born of a virgin as prophesied of the prophets. And then a son, the Son of God. You know, Matthew 16, uh, verse 17. When Jesus asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? The well, first Jesus says, Who do people say that I am? And that's in verse 14 or 13. And the disciples say in verse 14, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or another one of the prophets. Then in verse 15 of Matthew 16, Jesus asked the absolute most important question. The absolute most important question that anyone can answer is this, Who do you say that I am? Jesus is asking the question, Who do you say that I am? Jason Todd says on TikTok, I thought we were all children of God. We're not. We must be born again. When we are born again, we're brought into the family of God and we're made sons of God. 1 John 3, 1 tells us that. 1 John 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we'll be like him, for we will see him as he is. We're actually going to get to that uh, verse. In, well, we, we looked at that last week. That's why it's so familiar to me. So we're, we're not all children of God. There are children of... We're all children of Adam. But because Adam sinned, we all fell into sin. Uh, Romans chapter 5, 
Verse 12 tells us this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and, th and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. That's why we have to be born again. That's why the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, surely I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, Nicodemus, this chief ruler and this Pharisee of Pharisees, this teacher of the law says, well, how can I go back to my mother's womb? And Jesus says, you have to be born of water. That's physical birth. Then you have to be born of the Spirit. So you must be born again. Because, Isaiah 9, 2, we that dwelt in darkness, dwelt in the shadow of death, a great light has shined upon us. A great light has been revealed. We that once walked in darkness, a great light has been shown. We dwelt in the land of the shadow of death until a light shone upon us. Now think about that. Verse 2 of Isaiah 9, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Is that not the condition of fallen man? Is that not the condition of humanity apart from Christ? Of the person, before I put my faith in Jesus, that was me. I was walking in darkness. I was dwelling in the shadow of death. I was living in the shadow of death, walking in this darkness. But once the glorious light of the gospel shone itself into my life, and I heard the gospel, and with that measure of faith that God has given to all people, Romans 12 verse 3 tells us that God has given to every person a measure of faith, so that when they hear the word of God, they have the opportunity and the choice to put their faith in Christ and receive salvation. See, this is why Satan absolutely hates when you tell someone about Jesus. Satan is powerless against the preaching of the gospel. That is the answer to every question in our world. For everything that's taking place in the earth, and you say, my goodness, this is so terrible, it's so wicked, it's so destructive. How can we stop all these things? No matter what it may be, whether it's wars, whether it's uh, destructive governments that overrule over people and do things that are hurtful and harmful to the people they're supposed to care for, uh, whether it's drug abuse and people that create drugs that people can take and destroy themselves, whatever it may be, the gospel, the preaching of the Word of God, sets people free from that. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 says this, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4, Whose minds the God, little g, the God of this world, this age, has blinded, who do not believe. Now look at the language here. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. Unless the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Well, that's what Isaiah 9-2 is speaking of. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. That's the very thing that the God of this world, little g, Satan, always is constantly trying to stop from happening. Satan wants to do everything he can to keep people's eyes blinded, 
cover them up so that they don't see this glorious light of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Because when the glorious light of the gospel of Christ shines into dark places, it reveals and it manifests, Ephesians 5, verse, uh, was it 10? Ephesians 5 that we read, verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. So the gospel of Christ is just like if you go into a dark room and you turn on a flashlight, guess what? You can see, right? If, you, if you're walking in, it's pitch black at night and you walk into a room and you flip on a light, you flip on the light in the room, instantly that which you couldn't see because it's dark, you can clearly see now. Why can you clearly see? Because lights come. And that's what the gospel does. That's what the Word of God does. Isaiah 119. Isaiah 119. Some of you know where I'm going. That's what the Word of God does. Isaiah 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Word of God is the light of God because it gives understanding. It gives revelation. It gives us knowledge of God. It shows us and gives us instruction of how to live and how to walk, how to talk, how to treat people. You know, you keep reading in Ephesians 5, the last part of that chapter talks about husbands and wives. It teaches how a husband how to treat his wife and a wife how to treat her husband. Then Ephesians 6, the first few verses, teaches parents how to treat children and children to treat parents. So the Word of God is like a light in relationships of marriage and parents and children because the Word of God shows us that's not the only place in Scripture. There's many places in Scripture that show us how to do that. But that's just one example. That's just one example where the, light of, where the Word of God is like a flashlight. Turn it on. Oh, I can see clearly now. Oh, that's how I'm so supposed to treat my wife as a husband. That's how I'm to show my wife love. That's how I'm to honor my wife because the Word of God's showing me. That's how, I'm so, that's how I can be a good father because the Word of God teaches me. That's how I'm to raise up my children so that they can have a blessed life that's raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord so that when, they're not, when they grow old, they'll not depart from the truths of God's Word. Oh, got it. That's it. Now I understand the Word of God's brought light. What was dark, I now have understanding. Look at this, Luke, Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. Luke chapter 1, man, Brother Luke, when he writes his book, a lot of his chapters are longer. <laughs> and that, that first chapter of Luke is 80 verses long. It's pretty long. I don't know, I mean, obviously Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the Bible. But I bet 80 verses is probably pretty close up to the top there. But Psalm 1, chapter 1, Verse 78 and 79, listen to this. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet to the way of peace. Now this is the last portion, verse 67 through 79 uh, or 68 through 79 of Luke 1, is a prophecy that Zacharias, 
the father of John the Baptist begins to prophesy. Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, Zacharias, who was a Levite, who was a priest, and he and his wife, in their old age, Elizabeth and Zacharias, in their old age, they had their son, John the Baptist, who was a forerunner and the greatest of the prophets, who ushered in the kingdom of God, the New Testament. And he makes a way. He's a forerunner for Christ. Well, at the prior to his birth, or, or rather when he is born, when he's born, Zacharias prophesies. Because when John the Baptist is born, Zacharias can now speak again. Because before he's born, he's, his words are filled with doubt and unbelief. And that angel says, look, I'm the angel that stands in the presence of God Almighty. You, you, you can't be talking about this. you, you got two things are too important to come out of your situation, John the Baptist, for you to be messing them up with words filled with doubt and unbelief. So we're not going to let you speak. <laughs> until the son, until your son's born. And when he writes on the tablet, his name's John, because they said, wait a minute, no one in your family's ever been named John. No, he, he's John. He writes it on tablet. Now he can speak. And one of the, the first thing he does when he can speak is prophesy under the unction of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 67 tells us. And the last portion of that prophecy is dealing with Jesus. In this prophecy, it talks about the John the, John the Baptist, but then also the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 78 and 79, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring on high has visited us. Now, we don't use the word day spring, at least I don't, maybe you do. I think when I, when I hear the word day spring, I'm pretty certain that's the name of a greeting card company. I'm pretty certain it's day spring greeting cards. But day spring means dawn, or daybreak. If you've ever, I'm sure you have, but put an emoji hand up in the comment section or tap some hearts on the screen. Have you ever been there when you saw and you saw the sun rising early in the morning? Like you were awake, depending on what time of the year, it's earlier in the summer, later in the winter, but you were there and you saw the sun, the light breaking over the horizon coming up. You know, whenever we go to the beach, that's one of my favorite things to do is to wake up while it's still dark, go out, sit on the beach, and watch, because we're on the east coast, Atlantic coast, and watch the sun break across the horizon. And all the and the light of the sun makes all these colors show in the sky, pinks and purples and blues, and it breaks across. That's what Jesus does in our life. He is the day spring. He is the dawn. He is the daybreak. He brings the light of God to us. And those that were in darkness, dayspring, dawn, daybreak, lights brought forth into their, to their lives. And what is the purpose of the dawn? What is the purpose of the sun rising in the east and then setting in the west? What's the purpose when the sun rises? To bring light. Verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet to the way of peace. So at the entrance of Jesus, when Jesus comes into your life, and not just when he comes into your life, when Jesus is king of your life, he is Lord of your life, he is like the sun in the sky giving light. He gives light and he exposes the darkness. He rids our lives of the darkness 
and the shadow of death, which we sat under, Isaiah 9 2. And he guides our feet to the way of path, to the way of peace, to the path of peace. Christ Jesus, he is our day spring, he is our light that guides our feet to the way of peace. The path of peace. I want you to type this in the comments. Jesus leads me in the path of peace. Type that in the comments for me. Jesus leads me in the path of peace. Melinda, don't worry about the trolls. I don't block anyone. I don't mute anyone. They just help me beat the logarithm. Because the more they interact, the more TikTok says, wow, people need to see this. So I'm thankful for it. Jesus, that's it, Lexus. Jesus leads me in the path of peace. Jesus leads me in the path of peace. And that's what Jesus does. He is the light. In fact, you might know where I'm going, but if we go to John 8, verse 12, notice what Jesus, he tells us who he is. There's actually seven different I am statements in the book of John. And we did a whole series on that. You can check that out. We did it last year. It was really good. I am. Uh, who is this Jesus is what we called it. It's entitled, it's seven parts, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And Jesus says seven different times in the book of John, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. One John 8 verse 12 he says this, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Now notice, that's a true statement. Jesus is the light of the world. Then there's a second conditional statement. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you want the light of life, Christ Jesus, to shine in your life, to guide you to the path of peace, you have to follow him. I am the light of the world is what Jesus is saying. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. I want the light of life in my life. Submit to the Lordship of Christ. Take His Word and say, Lord, I believe this is Your Word. I'm going to study it. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it. And by Your power, I'm going to live it out. And then you're following Jesus. And in following Jesus, the light of the life of Christ Jesus is shining in your light. You know, I, I, I help with a boys program called Royal Rangers. And we go to, uh, we camp out throughout the year, but specifically every year we have a huge statewide camp out for this whole organization. It's called Pow Wow. And so there'll be a couple hundred boys there. And anyway, so our outpost, our group of boys from our church, when we're going back from the worship service always in the evening, it's always dark. And we go back to our outpost through the trail of the woods where we uh, tent camp build a fire, s'mores, all that good stuff. Walking back, the boys, they always have flashlights. Now, here's the thing. 
we always have to remind the boys, point the flashlights down. Nice, Melinda. Yeah, Royal Rangers. Point the flashlights down at the path that you're walking. If you have a flashlight and you're pointing it up in the air, in the trees, in your, in your eyes, in, in someone else's eyes, it does no ben, it's no benefit. But if you point the light down on the path, then you don't trip. Then you don't fall over roots and rocks and into holes. And if you have a group of folks, group of guys, and say there's one person that has a flashlight and there's 10 other people, what's the best thing to do? Walk in a line and let the guy out front point the flashlight down at the path and follow the leader. Now, if you, you can say, well, I'm going to do my own thing and go over here 20 feet and walk through the woods on my own. Sure, you can, but you'll be in darkness. You'll trip. You'll fall. You'll stumble. You'll get injured. You'll run into a tree. <laughs> Where we camp at, you may end up in the Saluda River floating downstream because you walk in darkness. But if you follow Jesus, if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, He'll light your path and He'll lead you in the way of peace. It's for the way of peace, the path of peace, that's for those who follow Christ. And here's the thing, anyone can follow in that path. If you're watching today and you're listening today and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, let your light let His light shine into your life. Let His light shine into your life and light up your path so that you can follow Him to the path of peace. To the path of peace. Now look at this. Jesus is the light of the world, but notice what also Jesus says to you and I as believers. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. Now, verse 13 tells us that we are to be salt. And that in itself is a excuse me, wonderful study of what salt does. But verse 14, Jesus says something else that we are to be in this world. Matthew 5, verse 14. You are light, the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now think about this. This is powerful, but it's true. It may almost seem impossible, naturally speaking, but understand Jesus is telling us this so we know it's to be true. John eight twelve, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14, he says, you are the light of the world. I want you to type this in the comments. Type this in the comments. In Christ, I in, in Christ, I am the light of the world. In Christ, I am the light of the world. In Christ, I am the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. See, in John 8, 12, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, right before that, if you read those 11 verses before John 8, 12, th there's a story of this adulterous woman who was brought to Jesus by the Pharisees. Now, it says explicitly, the Pharisees, they don't really care about this woman. They don't care to see her freed from adultery. 
They're trying to test Jesus. And then also, how did they know she was an adulterous woman? How did they know to catch her in the act of adultery? Maybe because some of them had relationships with her. I don't know. I'm just That's just my opinion. I'm just always thought about that. How did they know she was adulterous and how did they know when to catch her? How did they know where she would be? Anyways, they bring this adulterous woman who is dead wrong in her sins, but it's not because they're righteous they're doing it. They're bringing her to Jesus to see what Jesus will say, to test him, hoping that they can bring something against Jesus. Well, he begins to write in the sand. And then they say, hey, what do you have to say about this? Moses says we should stone her to death. Jesus said, okay, you without sin throw the first stone. And then goes back to writing in the sand, ignoring them. What happens? They're convicted by the Holy Spirit because none of them are without sin. And so they drop their stones and they leave. And then when Jesus looks up, he asks that little woman. He says, verse 10, when Jesus had raised himself up and he saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11, she said, No one, Lord. Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then he says, I'm the light of the world. Now, how can Jesus tell that adulterous woman and set her free from that life of adultery and also say, Go and sin no more? Be free from this. You're not just forgiven, you're also freed. See, that's what I love about the Lord Jesus Christ. He forgives and he sets free. You know, maybe you're watching or listening today. And there's sins that are in your life, and you know they're there. I don't have to tell you they're there. The Holy Spirit convicts you of them. And you know you don't need to be doing those things. Jesus not only forgives you, He sets you free from it. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 tells us this. Romans 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. The saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God, which is the power of God, comes into the person, the life of a person that believes on Him and sets them free. Sets them free. And because you have put your faith in Jesus and you've been forgiven and set free, go and sin no more, now we have the light of the world, Christ Jesus, dwelling on the inside of us, and now you and I are illuminating the light of the world. So therefore, we too are the light of the world. There are two words, luminate, L-U-M-I-N-A-T. That is something that has light within itself. And then there is the word illuminate, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T. Illuminate is something that shines forth light that it receives. Christ is the light. And when we put our faith in Jesus, His light is in us. Then, by living a life holy unto God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, when we speak, light comes out. When we, the way we treat people, the light of Christ is being shown. The way we live our lives, it's a light that exposes darkness. And that's how the Bible explains to us and shows us that we're the light of the world. Just like a big bright city that's seated on a hill can't be hidden. You know, even in today's modern technology, you can go onto Google Maps. Uh, Amazing Lay says, because when he is in us, it radiates. Exactly. Absolutely. 
Exactly. You've got it. Hit the nail on the head. You can go on Google Maps and you can zoom out. And it's fun to do. But you can zoom out over America. And you can get a nighttime shot of it, right? Or zoom far enough out to where it's almost like a space shot. And there are places on the planet where cities are so large that even from a high distance in the sky, in the atmosphere, you can still see light. And, and there's pictures. I think it's Los Angeles. I, I, I remember seeing one specifically. You get far, far enough out, you can see darkness where there's desert and small communities. The lights aren't bright enough. But those massive, huge cities, Beijing, Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, Rio de Janeiro, I messed that up, didn't I? Paris, these massive cities, zoom out and you can still see glimmers of light on a dark globe, it appears. It's no different for the person that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the person that believes in Jesus, you're this light that can't be hidden. Verse 15, no one lights a lamp and puts a basket over it, but they light a lamp and they put it on a lampstand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. You and I, as we follow Jesus, we should never try to hide the fact that we're followers of Christ. We should let our words be filled with His grace. We should surrender our hands to Him to do His work. We should go where He leads us. We should tell people about the love of Christ. We should share our testimony of how Christ has saved us to other people. We should constantly be a light because no one turns a lamp on sets it on a lampstand, and then throw a blanket over it. No, you turn on the lamp in a dark room so that you can see. And it doesn't just benefit you. Anyone who walks into the room, they can see too. Verse 16, let your light, the light of Christ that is now shown in our hearts, let that light shine before all men so that, we, so that they... All these people that are around you will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So when you and I are walking in this path of peace that is guided by the light of Christ Jesus through the lamp and light of His Word, we're going to live different. And when we live different, when we speak different, when we think different, it's going to be like a bright light in a dark room. People will see it They'll follow the testimony that we have in Christ. They'll ask us, what makes you different? What makes you different? We'll say, Christ in us makes us different. And then they'll give glory to God in heaven. So I want to encourage you today. Walk as children of light. Ephesians 5, as we, as we finish up this morning, Ephesians 5 verse 8. One more time, Ephesians 5, verse 8, our theme verse for today. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You know what? If you're watching and you're listening today and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're thinking, you know what? I want to live a life that shines forth the goodness of God. I want to live a life that shines forth the truth of God's Word. I want to be in a place... You know what, AJ? That path of peace, my life's not filled with peace right now, and I would really like to be led to a path of peace. It all comes by putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
The Bible tells us that the paycheck for the work of sin, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that when we believe in our heart that Jesus is the risen Son of God, confessing Him, Lord, will be saved. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's that simple. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on Him as the risen Son of God. He who came to this earth lived a sinless life, yet He died for your sins on your cross and He was buried in your grave so that He, when He was resurrected from the dead, might give you His life Believe on Him as the risen Son of God and confess Him, Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you want to pray that prayer for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on my cross for my sins. I confess and repent of my sins. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe just as you rose him from the dead, that same power, that same spirit makes me alive unto you. I'll live for you. I'll be a light for you in this dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, TikTok family, go to the bio, hit the link tree. There's a tab that says, I just got saved. Click on it, fill out that form, and we'll send you a gift and we'll richly bless you because we're going to send you a study guide that will help you become a strong disciple in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation, praying the prayer of salvation, being made a brand new creation, which is what just happened when you did that. That's step one of a brand new life in Christ Jesus. And as I'm doing this, Facebook... YouTube, X, putting up the link in the comment section for you guys as well. We're thankful for you. We pray that you're richly blessed by the Word of God that we brought to you today. Hey, I'm thankful for everyone that's watched and listened today. Make sure if you've not already subscribed on YouTube, please do. TikTok, follow. Facebook, follow. X, follow. Make sure you share the stream. We'll edit it. And when it's shared in other people's profiles and feeds on Facebook and what and X, they'll be able to go straight to the teaching. Make sure you join us. Uh, we're always going live on Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Sunday mornings, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm thankful for you. I pray that you have a great rest of the day. And I will see you, hopefully, in person this Sunday. If you're anywhere close to the area of Lawrence, upstate South Carolina, come join us. Be a part. If not, check us out on the live stream. Thankful for you. And we'll see you again. God bless. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.